Now we're going to turn first to a Sinn Féin motion on health service recruitment that was before the Dáil uh, tonight. David Cullinan was the person sponsoring this motion, uh, Louise Byrne. What was he calling for? So this has been a lot of what we've heard from Sinn Féin over the last couple of weeks and they have been quite annoyed, it's fair to say, since the budget over the fact, well two things really, over the fact that they feel that the budget has underfunded the health service for both this year and for next year and the fact that there was a recruitment embargo placed on the HSE. Now David Cullinan saying that this was a chaotic way to fund the health service, saying that you know it's really affecting staff, that there was a num- thousands of jobs that were meant to be put in place that he says have vanished right under people's eyes and I guess the real concern being raised by Sinn Féin tonight is like you said for patient safety Pierce Doherty saying that people could actually die because of what he said is a government decision to purposely underfund the health service so it got quite heated some members of Sinn Féin getting quite annoyed and saying that this embargo on the health service really needs to be lifted now in his response Stephen Donnelly came out all guns blazing and what he was saying was that the HSC had funded a certain number of posts that they had filled those posts ahead of schedule and that what Sinn Fain was saying on one hand is that they were saying that the government was underfunding the health service but on the other hand it was actually asking them to create more jobs and fund jobs that the money wasn't there for in the first place so what he was saying is that there's no really understaffing of the health service that actually they've just hit targets ahead of time so quite a bit of back and forth other members of the opposition coming in on it as well but it doesn't seem like there was much budging on the fact that the embargo was staying in place for the recruitment All right, Darren O'Rourke what is the problem with the funding that was given to the HSE. The government, the Department of Health says there was an additional two billion given uh, to the health service this year. Is it not up to the HSE with an additional two billion to cut their cloth to measure? Well, I think uh, the health service has to be funded uh, to deliver a level of service for for communities and for, for patients in need. And if we look at the amount of people on waiting lists, literally hundreds of thousands. We look at the chaos in our acute hospital service, in disability services, in uh, uh, mental health services. Um, if we look at, at the, the challenges in community care, um, you know, scoliosis services for, for, for children, um, it's clear that there is massive unmet need um, that, you know, if you talk to uh, staff in the health service, um, as I do and we do, um, and their representative agencies, it's, it's, it's you know, the demand is there. The need for the additional staff is there. So their should work they decide the budget? Should... Should the staff in the in the HSE get to dictate the budget? No, but the but the but the budget should reflect uh, and and should be directed towards the, the the areas of need. And if it is a case that we have ever increasing w- uh, waiting lists in the middle of summer, not in in the middle of the winter crisis, um, well then there needs to be a a, a plan to address that. And the gov- the measures that the government have taken in the wake of this budget will only do one thing. And I worked in the health service during a recruitment embarrassment and it only does one thing it makes patients suffer and that's going, what's, what's going to happen here the other thing the second thing it does is it drives good staff to other places other industries and other countries and that's what's going to happen right. now Joe Flaherty the, uh, if the HSE has a recruitment issue with doctors with nurses surely take them when they're going when they're available and, and as many of them as are needed to fill posts in order to be able to plan for the future rather than trying to attract them home from Australia when it's too late. 
Well, I suppose it's the opposition's remit to never tell the, the proper story. In essence, we've seen uh, an unprecedented growth in our health service. We have 143,000 staff at the moment. It's up f- over 5,000, 5,300 this year alone. In the lifetime of this government, we've added an additional 23,300 people. Uh, HSE has already hit, exceeded its recruitment target for this year. Uh, by end of year, they will have over 6,000 people recruited. So it's been unprecedented growth. Uh, whilst there is some embargo on recruitment. There isn't an embargo on doctors and nurses and training in the disability sector. Any contracts that have been issued will 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 be honoured. Uh, the reality is we have the highest nursing race, fifth highest nursing race in the OECD. Um, there's a lot of challenges in health, but at the same time, we've expanded our health care, um, you know, and that's led to an improvement in the outcome in terms of uh, cancer, in terms of heart and in terms of stroke. And, uh, you know, our waiting list, contrary to what Darren has says, are, are in decline in terms of our launch of care target. Uh, that's down the waiting time for 10 to 10, 10 to 12 weeks. We have less than 150,000 people now waiting that length of time. So we're making real progress on health. There is an issue in health. Undoubtedly, the issue in health is over spending in health and I think it would be remiss of us as a government if we didn't challenge the HSE to say listen you need to spend much more prudently you need to watch where you're spending so this year if you uh, strip out the core uh, medicine cost and the treatment cost uh, the bill this year for the HSE is 2.3 billion to run the health service and that's over 530 million over what was forecast so that's a quarter quarter of what the HSE says is the two billion shortfall and bear in mind they've got an extra billion as well today all right yeah just on 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 that point uh, Duncan Smith there's another billion into the mix the HSE's funding has nearly doubled in a decade at some point does the focus have to go back on where the money is being spent and how it's being spent the focus should always be on where the money is being spent Uh, but the problem with the recruitment embargo is it's impacting on the frontline workers uh, that are actually delivering care I know nurses and doctors and training are are exempt but uh, and and Joe mentioned uh, ratios I mean nurses for example are screaming from the hilltops that they require safe staffing that they require uh, uh, more staff in the form of healthcare assistance on the wards to make it, to assist the nurse and to work as part of a, a team uh, to provide a safe working environment. Right, so what's wrong, what's wrong with this picture where the, the well, funding for a sector can nearly double in a decade and the shortages still exist? We, I think we, there's, there's many problems. One of the key problems we're seeing at the moment is there's a fundamental distrust and tension between the Department of Health and the Minister on one hand and the HSE on the other. That is a massive, massive problem where they are having this uh, row uh, over the airwaves and in public has been going on since two days, three days after the budget, which is absolutely disgraceful. Bernard Gloucester, the chief executive of the HSE, said that there was three issues at play here in terms of why the costs have gone up. Uh, Demographics in terms of our population increase is the highest we've ever had since since the famine. Um, Inflation has had an impact as well. And then the core costs of of staffing. Okay, all those can be planned for at least to some extent. Inflationary may be a bit out of control, but the demographics, the population increase, why is there no planning being done on this? Why is there always a supplementary budget every November in health? Why is that? All, why are we perpetually in this situation? Why has nobody over the last number of years just taken the bull by the horn, show leadership? And that has to come from the minister. That just hasn't happened. Like, just, just like we, I had a private member's motion two weeks ago on this in the area of home health, just to take one area where the HSC have been perpetually hiring. They had a permanent uh, competition for home care assistance to ensure that 
uh, patients can get out of uh, hospital beds back home and to get care. They've now been stopped. They are part of the recruitment freeze. That's going to keep people in hospital longer. Follow that down the stream. That's going to have uh, impact on the trolley crisis. So these are the realities. And that's what we're calling out in as an opposition. And I think it's a fair thing to call out. All right. Um, Joe Flaherty, what is, that doesn't sound terribly coherent where there's recruitment competitions in play and at the same time the brakes are being pulled in the middle of that. Presumably the people who came up with the idea to recruit home helps, what Duncan Smith is talking about there, need need those people. They do, but I would say it is very challenging to recruit in home care at the moment. It's a very difficult job. Um, we're almost at full employment. It's a very, very difficult job right, to so, recruit for. So, so money is an issue. M- money is an issue in that we're spending £22.5 billion a year on our health service. We've added on an extra billion today, so we're 23, 23 and a half. It's unprecedented, the money we're spending on our health service. And as a government, we're remiss if we don't challenge the HSE and say, listen, this has to be done much more effectively. And as, as I says, it's £2.3 billion in terms of the non-medical and staff costs, £570 billion, $570 million over budget for this year. That's the challenge. It, need, it can be, it should be, and it must be right. run much more efficiently. Darren O'Rourke, in, in the health section of your alternative budget, you had uh, put forward a year one investment of £1.3 billion. Uh, for 2024, but also acknowledged that an overrun was probably inevitable. In fact, I think it says uh, in it that uh, projected year-end overrun or figure for the amount of which is must be which must unavoidably recur next year. So, what is the figure? Is it 1.3 billion for 2024, or would you also be putting supplementaries in? Well, above what the what what the government had put in, and if you look at their provision in terms of existing level of service, the uh, NDP non-core allocation, uh, new measures, it came to that two billion for for Sinn Fein. It was in excess of three billion euros. Um, we believe that that's the necessary provision. Um, David Cullinan, as health spokesperson, has has published, you know, has done exe- extensive consultation with uh, health sector stakeholders. But also, there's you know f- some fundamental building blocks blocks that are a problem. Will, you, will you just explain? Just because like, yeah. there's a lot of figures being bandied yeah. about. So in in the budget document that you released, you talked about a year one investment of 1.3 billion uh, for capacity workforce training and cutting the cost of healthcare. Now, you said 3 billion there. Where, where does the additional 1.7 billion come from in that figure? So, so, so to run through, and, and uh, these yeah. will be additional figures and some some of what you're... Sure, we'd encourage listeners down. to get out a pen and paper. Well, for, for sure, and, I, and, I'm looking at, and I'm looking Go at a on, graph yeah. here, yeah, and this is the nature of, of, of these. So existing level of service, uh, Sinn Féin committed 1.6 uh, billion. Um, the government committed 708 million in NDP. We we match the government. That's national development plan. Capital investment. Exactly. And non-core allocation, the government did um, a, a, a billion, and Sinn Féin did 400 million, uh, including uh, 500 million alloc- uh, unallocated from the from the ELS. Um, and new measures existing which, level of service yeah, yeah exactly uh, and new measures which there was criticism from the HSE itself uh, uh, government did 113 million and Sinn Féin did 905 million so that's the, the, the breakdown uh, comparison government and, and opposition and I know that Simon Harris uh, um, pointed you know I would say misrepresented right. those figures at, at leaders questions last week uh, but so so so. But what we've seen is, uh, and the government amendments noted wanted noted that there was an additional two billion had gone in, and now another 
900 and odd. So effectively, they're back up at the figure of the 3 billion that you're talking about in total. And there's still not enough for the HSE. Yeah, bear in mind that allocation is the additional funding today is for this year. It's supplementary for this year. It's not for we're, ta- we're talking, you're talking about, about next year. You're talking about but, but the, but the for, figure for 2024. You know, we need to go back to our alternative budget of last year. But the, the supplementary that goes in for one year normally gets absorbed into the base for next year, doesn't it? When the consideration, when the sums are being done the following year, no, no, it doesn't. So that's that's the difficulty here. That's the difficulty. But you're funded year on year. That's the so knowingly they go in and and, and the same. So for next year, there's an underfund, and we'll be back. We'll, we'll be back in the same place this time next year. Well, in in anticipation of this question, I did query that, and I was told it was uh, the two billion that was announced in the budget plus this one billion is in in ring fence for 2024. Right. So it is in. So we are. it is at the three billion for next year. So does that answer the question that was being raised by the motion tonight? No, it, it, it doesn't because government have knowingly underfunded the services for next year. There, there wouldn't have been need for the, you know, fairly extensive recruitment moratorium uh, embargo for, for next right. year. To, to pause, pause, pause 7,000 jobs uh, to, you know, essentially say to, to workers, Many of them who, you know, had been committed to jobs here, um, that that those jobs are no longer here. In in, in fairness, the 7,000 figures pulled up. We've already committed there'll be over 2,300 jobs, new jobs that we've committed to already in 2024. So I'm not quite sure where the 7,000 figure is coming because we've already gone over 6,000 or we will by year end for this year as well. Louise, do you want to come in there? Yeah, I'm I'm just looking at the press release that went out about the supplementary estimates earlier. And it says these supplementary estimates will provide additional funding for this year for a number of yeah. different developments. Yeah. I can't, I mean, so maybe maybe your sources is better than this that email that was sent out than the Department of Public Expenditure, but I can't see anything about that being put the whole basis next year. on a supplementary right. budget. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The teacher said that well. in the doll and looked to the Minister of Public Expenditure and Reform who nodded along today. So that's for this year, as far as we are aware. Right. So it wasn't indicated. Anyway, yeah. the, the, Breaking news! You're, you're telling us this is this is going to be included for next year, Joe Flaherty. Is it? It's, it's your understanding. Well, I'm I'm reassured from a reliable so, so source. So it probably means the underspend for this year is greater than than or the 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 overspend right. for this year. Do, what it does mean, though, at the three billion, we're matching what Sinn Fein was saying, and Sinn Fein are still saying it's inadequate. So that cuts to the core of the no, no, it, Sinn Fein's no, argument was no, inadequate. No, 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 it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Does. It's refla- no, no. It's saying that you have just about now funded the health service for this year. And you are underfunding it for next year. But we also... Oh, sorry, so what is your projection for what the health service will need additionally next year? Joe, Joe Flaherty says... Three billion. Three, three billion. billion. And he's just said, Joe Flaherty has said it will get an extra three billion no, no. next year. I was saying a, a billion that was announced today is for this year. This year. That's right. the point. Well, I suppose what Bernard Gloucester has said from the offset is that there's going to be a deficit baked in to next year's budget. Sorry, you're correct. Sorry, the, the, the two billion additional was for this year, the one billion. So it's, it's one billion on top of this year's allocation thing. Yeah, one billion for next year. Just lest there be, lest there be any confusion about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Created largely by me. Yeah. Uh, Duncan Smith, the, the issue of agency staff has been one of the areas where people say there's great cost savings can be mm. made. But oftentimes agency staff are nurses and they're being brought in in order to plug vital gaps in the system. Yeah where they're needed now and not in months down the line when a recruitment competition is being run? Uh, 
What's, sorry, what's the question? So, there? so the like, question is, are there really savings to be made in agency if we want to have a fully staffed health service? Can the savings be made in agency staff without I, creating I, I, I think there definitely can be a savings made in agency staff. Uh, and maybe not for the reason you're saying, uh, because our experience is that agency staff now are coming in and they're not staying. They're not staying. They, they've come, a lot of them will come into Ireland to work and would have traditionally stayed and stayed for a long period of time. Um, and obviously we would want to get those staff regulated into permanent employment the HSE. Now we're finding agency staff are coming in. It's too expensive to live here. They're staying six months, nine months, 12 months, and then they're moving on. So where the agency staff that we were having maybe keeping like rolling over for year after year are now staying for maybe a year. It's too tough. It's too expensive to live and they're moving on. So we're spending then more and more and more on agency staff. So how, how much better would the terms and conditions for a permanent job in the HSC have to be for people to make a different decision? Um, well, we're about to start public sector pay talks as well. I, I let them take their course. But we know across all levels of the health service uh, from, you know, non-consulted hospital doctors, previously known as junior doctors, right on down that there's struggles to earn whereas nurses, healthcare assistants, porters and all the rest. So we need to see an improvement and an uplift in wages. But we also need to see and we go back to the, the old reliable of the underlying crisis in this country, the cost of housing, whether it's rent or to buy. Traditionally if you were working in the health service at a number of grades, you'd have been able to afford to live in any of the cities or any of the counties in Ireland. That's not the case anymore. So we need to be providing housing and then we have the cost of living on top of that. That's the reality of why people in, are not going into our health service or not staying in our on health service. On that point, the agency staff, regardless of, of, of what they're paid, are going to find it more difficult to raise a mortgage for a house because they're agency staff, Joe and, Flaherty. And, yes, if, no, people are, uh, if people are permanent employees, they're more likely to put down roots, be able to get a mortgage and live somewhere beside their place of work. But if they can't be recruited, they can't do that. So this recruitment embargo does run the risk of driving people abroad, doesn't it? Well, you might find some degree of commonality on us in relation to agency staff. That would be a bugbearer, I think, of probably every public representative, that there's an over-reliance within the HSE. It seems to be the default position to take in agency staff when it obviously would be much cheaper to employ those people direct and would be a significant saving. And that's in one of the challenges we've given to Bernard Kloster and the HSE, that we need to cut back on the recruitment of agency staff. Right, but if there's, a winter, crisis, particularly, if there's particularly, a winter crisis next year, and more staff are needed to plug gaps because of staff sickness or staff shortages, agency staff it are always going to be with us. I suppose it comes back to the whole issue again at a supplementary uh, uh, application of money. Health is an evolving. You know, you can't say definitively that it's black and white and this is exactly what's going to happen. As you say, there can be an outbreak of a winter bug. A anything can, can happen. God forbid we have another COVID. It's evolving. It's constantly changing and there's nothing set in stone. Well, that's an argument for giving health a surplus rather than it's, leaving it's them, an leaving them on a It's an argument certainly it? for giving health a surplus if health was ran efficiently and ran the way it possibly could be. But it's certainly, uh, there was an onus on us, particularly with new management coming into the HSE, there was an onus on us as the government and the general public are saying to us, spending 22.5 billion on a service and we're not getting the value for money and we're not getting the service that people need. But as an intervention, and a recruitment embargo is the absolute crudest intervention you can make. If there's if there's arguments in terms of how the HSE are managed or health services are managed, and there's lots of areas that we can point to in terms of procurement, in terms of agency, in terms of management consultants, in terms of we ha how we do capital projects. But this recruitment embargo, I, I go back to that point I made initially, it has two effects. It will have a devastating effect on services providing for, for patients, 
It will, you know, uh, uh, nothing less than put lives at risk um, and it will drive good workers elsewhere, either to other industries or, or, or other countries. That's the impact right. of it. So if there's issues in terms of how health services are managed or the types of reforms, there's been, you know, the, the current government in different shapes and forms has been there for 12 years. There's lots of reform agendas that have been ignored or dithered on for, for that period. All right, Louise Byrne, what are we facing into this winter then? What would you say? More, more money again? Well, it's, it's kind of hard to know, but I mean, what we're facing into this winter, I mean, you would assume that we're going to have what we have every year with very high trolley numbers. I mean, if you've seen the trolley numbers over the last couple of, even the last couple of weeks, last couple of months, even over the summer, the trolley numbers are very high. So that is probably going to increase this winter. And that in turn will require probably more money from the government to get people, you know, we were very reliant on you know, last winter we were very reliant on getting people in at weekends. That costs money. All these kind of little things add up. You would expect, and Bernard Gloucester has said it countless amount of times, and I think actually at the Health Committee recently, he was like, I'm actually just not, not going to keep repeating it. What I've said is what I've said. The health service is going to be underfunded next year and he couldn't give guarantee that that's not going to put patients at risk. So I think going into the winter and especially when we do have the trolley crisis, this is really going to be, come into focus again and I don't think this is going to be going away for the government anytime soon. All right, Joe Flaherty, is Bernard Gloucester wrong? <coughs> we... I take everything that he says. He's he's come in. He's very experienced, and I expect him to do great things. In terms of the uh, trolley crisis, if you look at what we've done in relation to the uh, public only only consultants, a thousand have signed up since March. That's going to have a significant impact on on trolleys, and that we're able to make real time decisions on patients when they come in. It's going to reduce the length of time to stay. There's a lot of positives and a lot of real good initiatives in relation to, to tro- uh, trolley and trolley list, but there's significant work still to be done. All right. Well, we've talked about what happens every year. We're going to look at what happens every five years after this local and European elections.